Welcome back to the Judaism From Within podcast. I'm Similana. The podcast where we work through the ideas and the writings of Rav Shamshan Rafal Hirsch. The recording of this podcast is on a darker note than part one on the discussion of lying and deceit and focusing on telling the truth. In Eretz Yisrael right now, where I live, we're at war. Since the horrific events of Simchas Torah, where over a thousand of our brothers and sisters were mercilessly taken away from us. So may the learning be in the merit of those who were taken and the protection of those who are going into harm's way to defend Eretz Yisrael. So our discussion for this evening, we're talking about lying. And in part one, we laid out the groundwork, the substructure in which truth and falsehood stands. Rav Hirsch described the root of why lying is wrong. Besides the intuitive, it's wrong because it's a mishpat, I know what it means to be a human being, and human beings don't lie to other human beings. But on top of that, he gave us a rational foundation for it. And in this week, he'll develop two directions that lying can go. Lying can go in the area of the other or the self, as we would call it today, flattery or hypocrisy. Seems quite appropriate in our time right now. The flattery of speaking to people in a way that you don't really believe, and hypocrisy in acting in a way that you don't truly believe, that doesn't reflect who you really are doesn't reflect what you say, but you act differently. So, without drawing it directly into our contemporary life, we might touch upon it, but let's begin. Rav tells us that the root of all good does often stem from the truth, because when you speak the truth, you allow the foundations of justice to take place, because people are interacting with a reality, not a falsehood that you've projected, but reality. And if you're facing reality and you're interacting with reality, there's a possibility of you acting in justice. But a lie, on the other hand, is the root, or at least accompanies all sin and all failure. And it's interesting, he relates it in the sense that whenever I do something wrong, on some level, I think I can justify it. I engage in a certain amount of willing self-deception, because if I was confronted, I would say something. So, let's play it out. If I'm doing something wrong, on some level, I know I might be confronted, and when I'm confronted, I'll have some form of justification. Rav says, that form of justification, you're not, it's, it's interesting, it's not a lie to yourself, it's a engaging in self-deceptive behavior. You, you almost, you ignore the truth. You don't tell yourself a lie, but you act in a way that shows your disregard for the truth. So we see that the truth can structure the mind to allow the possibility of good and justice, and a lie is accompanying all sin. So this is the, once again, the next level up, but now let's bring it into real life. Refresh that it goes in two directions, the flattery and hypocrisy. Flattery is when you tell someone, simply speaking, they're better than they are. But you can see how there's so much baked into that. The flattery on the other, and hypocrisy is on the self, is when, the way Rev Hirsch phrases it, one of the most important things is to know yourself. But 
by that same dint if you lie about who you are, both to yourself and to others, that's harmful, unbelievably harmful. The importance of the Greek phrase of know thyself, which I believe was on the temple of Apollo. But the idea of knowing yourself isn't to know your autobiography, but is to know your user manual, to know who you truly are, how you engage in the world. And if you lie about that, you're engaging in once again an act of self-deception. But you're doing it to other people as well. So let's, let's break these two components down. The flatterer and the one who engages in hypocrisy. So when it comes to the flatterer, you not only sacrifice morality by lying to him about who he is, but you also harm him for personal gain. You describe to him a reality that isn't the case. You sacrifice morality, but you sacrifice his dignity as well. You're using him. You're using him for your gains, and you're also allowing him to walk away with a warped perception of who he is. Think about how the, the flatterer not only sacrifices his own dignity by engaging in a false reality, describing a false reality to another for personal gain, but he also allows the other person to walk around with a false perception of themselves. Thereby, you use them. You drain him of his dignity because they become an object of your use. As I mentioned last time, there's also cowardice involved. You only flatter people. When you flatter, when you don't confront a reality, often it's because of cowardice. You want to get it, but you don't think you can get it through genuine means. You have to flatter the person. So Rav Hirsch says, you've stolen twice. You've stolen his dignity, but you've also stolen the gain you were trying to swindle him. You were trying to get something from him, and through the lie you take it. So you've stolen twice. So the flatterer is on so many levels, it builds up about why this is so toxic. You're sacrificing morality for personal gain. You're allowing him to walk away with a warped sense of reality so you can gain from him. That is what we do when we engage in flattery. But that's on the other. But what about on the self? What am I doing when I act with hypocrisy? So what do I do? By word or deed? By my mouth or by my actions? I pretend. I act in a way that isn't reflective of my true self. I have something in my mind, but I act in a way that isn't reflective of that. I display myself to others in a way that I know isn't true. Now, obviously, in the end, Rav Hirsch does point out that there's a certain social etiquette that's obviously needed, but we all know when with being a hypocrite. There's the, I often heard it put once by someone, everyone's a hypocrite. Yes, of course, there's going to be aspects of display we give over, because that's the only way you can grow. You can only grow by pushing yourself beyond where you are, and thereby grow to that new space you've created. That's what growth means. But the idea that because there's an aspect of hypocrisy in everyone's actions, thereby hypocrisy itself is obviously not a thing, that's, that's such immaturity. Obviously, there are extremes. Obviously, we know when we're engaging in the moral flaw of hypocrisy, or as Chazal put it, Ganevis Das, when I act in a way for gain, but it's not reflective. The classic example brought by our sages is when a fellow comes in and I like open up a bottle of wine for him, a special bottle of wine, to let him know how much I appreciate his company. 
but I was going to open it anyway. But I give the implication that it's for him. That's not me. I'm not that person. I'm not the person who would open a nice bottle for you. But now you walk away thinking that that's who I am. And thereby, once again, you get a false frame of reality. So in this case, we have both flattery and we have hypocrisy. And this is what we call Geneva's Das, where you, you steal their feelings. You steal how they feel about you and how they feel to themselves. You corrupt yourself and you corrupt others. So, this is part two. Now let's recap. Part one, we discussed the framework, the groundwork for lying. And in part two, we built that groundwork up and discussed its manifestations. When you lie for personal benefit, and on an interpersonal level that comes about with flattery or hypocrisy. Flattery is when I lie to you about you. I tell you who you are, but that's not truly what I feel, and thereby I get you to act. I once again, I give you a false reality to play with, to interact with. And when I act as a hypocrite, I act in a certain way just to change people's feelings. Not because it's truly who I am, but because I want to affect others. I want to change people's perception of me for personal gain. That is hypocrisy. So, on that note, I wish you all a safe and good Shabbos.